Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hey everybody, welcome to Midweek Online. My name is Corey. If you don't know me, I'm on staff here at New Beginnings Church. I'm on the creative team. This is Pastor Joe. And we're having a conversation tonight about going from pitiful to powerful. Uh, last year, the, the service, the last service of last year, yeah. 2019, as Pastor Joe always does, he brought about to New Beginnings Church what the emphasis of 2020 was going to be. Uh, you want to talk about what, what that is? <laughs> Who could have possibly imagined? Um, yeah, uh, like you said, usually um, the few weeks before Christmas, and last year actually was much earlier, um, I had my faith that all year long that the Holy Spirit's going to show me um, what the emphasis is going to be for the coming year. And he's been so faithful for over a decade now. It's been every single year. Um, he would give me kind of emphasis of course the Holy Spirit doesn't never gives you the whole picture and especially this year um, but normally I'll speak to my heart as far as where we should be emphasizing whether it's some type of teaching or just the direction for the church so last year uh, right after Thanksgiving I started to get this impression on the inside that 2020 was going to be a very unusual year and I and I believe um, I spoke about a shifting and a change that was coming. Hmm. and But who could have possibly imagined that we would have encountered what well, we did encounter uh, in, in starting in March, in February, March. But the message was that 2020 was going to be the year that, now speaking for our church, um, that 2020 was going to be the year that we would go from pitiful to powerful. But all of a sudden I heard this on the inside for 2020. You might want to write it down. We're going from pitiful to powerful, and our best is yet to come. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, could it have been any more accurate? Um, but when you think about it, and obviously we did not have a clue of what that really meant. We thought we did, because that's how it is. You think you know. Yeah. You know what, you know what I thought? I thought it was just going to include like a lot of prayer. That's it. Just a lot of prayer and a lot of reading the Word. Yeah. Like, just that. Yeah. Right, and but you're you're 100 right because yeah. it did. But what ended up happening was, instead of going from this position of pitiful to powerful, we actually had to go from what we thought was powerful yeah. to recognizing, in a real sense, how pitiful um, we may have been on the inside, if I could say it that way. Yeah. We went yeah. from what we thought, you know, we thought we were going from a place of what we thought was pitiful, but was actually powerful. Yeah. Going to a place to recognize pitiful. Yeah. Uh, just the lack of prayer, the lack of, of uh, studying the word, dependence on the word. You we had what? to recognize that. And we wouldn't have recognized that if we didn't go through what, yeah. what we've been the, through. At some point in the middle of this year, the... Scripture that has really been jumping at me, jump uh, sticking with me. It's in Deuteronomy eight, and God speaking through Moses tells the Israelites, "Look, I took you through the wilderness, 
I took you around these difficult times for 40 years. I wanted to know what was in your heart in those 40 years. Mm. I felt, I feel like 2020 is like the wilderness. Absolutely. And God wants to know what's in our hearts. Well, I think God knows what's in our hearts. The, the, the problem is we don't know what's in our hearts sometimes. And we don't know until we're forced to take inventory. And if anything about 2020, it, it has been a year where the church universal, the church individually is forced to take an inventory. Yeah. Like we thought we had everything. We thought everything was going great. We thought we were doing good. Yeah. Only to find out when the rug got pulled out from underneath us corporately and individually. Um, I mean, I've been a Christian for 36 years. I don't think I've ever had the type of prayer life that I've had since this year, this year, which was forced, we're forced to, any serious Christian was forced to develop a prayer life to meet 2020, not the prayer yeah. life of 2019. The, well, in that message, and by the way, the message that we're talking about where Pastor Joe introduced uh, going from pitiful to powerful, this is at the end of 2019. You can find that on the YouTube page. It's called The Best is Yet to Come. Uh, so in that message, and I, and I was listening to it last night, you talked about how like failure will, and, and maybe hardship will keep you in God's face. Way, oh, way yes. more than success. Way more than success does. Yeah. Way more than success does. Because when we get to a place of, of being successful, and, and you know, it, we've talked about this before. I've seen this in 36 years where a Christian, either personally in their own personal life, will attain a level of success. And, and that's good. God, you know, God designed us to accomplish things. And that's wonderful. But what ends up happening is that a person gets to a point where um, they're like Lot. You know, I want this land. I'm good here. Uh, the grass is really green. My, my sheep can prosper here. They'll, they'll get nice and fat and healthy. But Abraham's like, Abraham's looking on. Abraham though he was extremely successful, he still looked, as the Bible tells us, I believe in the book of Hebrews, that Abraham was looking for a city that was not built by human hands. Yeah. In other words, he was he was content, but not satisfied. Yeah, you know, I, I think about Abraham a lot, and I've been reading about Abraham a lot lately. Lately, Abraham's life, when God first shows up in his backyard, Abraham had the kind of life that I, I think most people long for. Like on the outside. On the outside. But like no, on the outside. he was already rich when God He was already him. rich. Right. He, like, he had, he was what, 70, 75, 70 years old, filthy rich, but he was still lacking in some area. He, he didn't have any anybody to pass it on to. Right. So, in, like, in other words, like. His vision was much bigger than what he saw. Yeah. Around him. Yeah. And God knew that. I, I think God used that, that. I would call it like a deficiency or, or a dissatisfaction. Absolutely, because what the people around him saw as being powerful. Yeah. I mean, he had, we know he had at one point at least 318 trained servants. Yeah. Okay, which he probably had many more. I mean, on the outside, any of his, any of his contemporaries would say, wow, he's powerful. But on the inside, Abraham recognized, yeah, yeah I have nobody to leave this to. There's no one that's going to carry on because he knew that what he had was not, the promise from God. The promise, we find that later in Galatians, is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So he's constantly, he's on the inside like, yeah, I look powerful on the outside, yeah. but on the inside I'm pitiful. So in other words, like, like his, 
his contentment wasn't dependent on what his life looked like on the outside. Right. So do, would you say that this was the year where that had to get challenged in a lot of us? Absolutely. Whether or not we were satisfied with Jesus. Absolutely. Is he, was he going to be enough? Yeah. If everything else is taken away from us. Even for the church in, 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 at large, is, is Jesus still enough for us? Yeah. Even though we might not be able to occupy our, our big buildings and all this stuff and, and use all the things that we accumulated all the years, all of a sudden now we're reduced to, at one point, reduced to yeah. whoever we could reach online. Yet yeah. as pitiful as that looked like, it turned out to be very powerful because yeah. we reached people across this country. We did. That we, we never did. reached before. Well, speaking of church online, you know, there was, because now we're, now we're meeting in person and we're also doing online. So we're doing like a hybrid thing. But there was a time where in, in, it was like a few months earlier in the year where we can only meet online. Right. Where church was only, New Beginning Church services were exclusively online. Yeah. And so families and people had to worship God without the band, without the lights, uh, w without you, without, without a, uh, a live person, message, yeah. without an in-person yeah. message. Um, they had to, on their own time, have church. Right. How many reports did we receive of people that got born again online that had yeah. never set foot here? Or I know one particular couple, they never set foot in a church. Yet they got born again, I mean, thoroughly born yeah. again, uh, just from that. Because, again, what seemed pitiful in the eyes of the world, oh, the church yeah. is being reduced to just being online, ended up becoming powerful. Yeah. This whole thing is con it's from season to season. Um, I think the powerful part about that is that people were, had to take responsibility for their own relationship with God. Absolutely. And some people realized that they didn't have the relationship they thought yeah. they had. And, and you know, that, I don't think that's to sound condemning, but maybe that's a, no, that a, a wake-up call. Yeah, it's a wake-up call. There's nothing condemning about a wake-up call. Yeah. The only thing that's condemning wake-up wake call is if you sleep through the wake-up call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so well, let's talk about the words pitiful to power. What is pitiful? Pitiful could mean a lot of different things to different people. You know, uh, again, talk about the person who has uh, seemingly has everything. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that that person is powerful. They may be powerful in the world's eyes. I just thought of the rich young ruler. Exactly. The, the rich young ruler, if, if you're not familiar, uh, it's in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus is approached by this uh, rich young ruler and he asked Jesus, how do I have eternal life? And uh, I mean, I don't know what his motives were. I, I, well, think, I, I think his motives, you know, could be a couple of different things. Yeah. First of all, the fact he's rich and young probably means he didn't work for that money. It was probably right. old money that he inherited that he really never sweat for. Yeah. So, but yet he's, we know by the end of the story, he's trying to hold on to what he perceives as being powerful yeah. with everything he has. But yeah. he's also trying to justify himself in the eyes of Jesus. And Jesus is not condemning him when he says, no. says to him, so, oh, you, you got everything right? Because he said to him, I've done all these things from my youth. Oh, you, you've got it all right? So, let's, see, let's see how powerful you really are. Wow. Sell everything you have and come and follow me. Give it to the poor yeah. and come so, and follow so, me. So become pitiful in the world's eyes so you can become powerful in God's eyes. 
Would you say that that? Absolutely. Yeah. And Jesus was giving him the opportunity to come face to face with the situation yeah. was, yeah, you got it all made here and you got everything. on. The, but look at the condition of your heart. You can't yeah. let go of this. And it's not that poverty makes you powerful. No, it's absolutely not. Yeah. not. It's, it has nothing to do with poverty. It has nothing to do with uh, natural things. It has all to do with where's your heart yeah. connected. Yeah. And so through this season that we've just gone through and in some sense still going through, I mean, um, a lot of us, many, many, many individuals that really, really, um, really came to the place where they had to realize, man, I've got to press into God. I don't have my church family in person anymore. I don't, I don't have, like you said, the live music in front of my face. Uh, I don't have uh, somebody in person that's telling me to go to the scripture, go to that scripture, go to the other scripture. Yeah. So many individuals have to really dig, dig deep down inside and realize, wow. I thought it was powerful, but I'm actually glad to find out I'm pitiful because now that pitiful, that newly discovered pitiful becomes my launching pad into my new powerful. Yeah. Well, isn't that awesome that it, was, it says in Romans eight twenty eight that God makes all things work together for our good. He makes sure of that. Yeah. That is comforting to know because like some of the failures in, in, you know, in my life, mistakes that I made and some of the failures, maybe uh, somebody's watching this right now. Um, God can redeem those things. But, and we were, we were just talking about this before, before we started recording, we were talking about, we can stay in the pitiful if we choose to. Absolutely. That's a we, dangerous place. That, like that, you know, cause like it feels like the pity party feels good. It, yeah. it seems like it's going to feel good. Um, but nobody wants to accept my invitation to my pity party. It's except, just, I'm except, the only one. Yeah, you're the only one that's there. The, yeah. So, and like, sometimes like we want to get in that, like, God, you don't know what you're doing. You're ignoring me. You, your timing is way off. Um, have you ever, you've, you've struggled with that. Yeah, of course we all do. Um, and, and pitiful, pitiful is pitiful when you don't recognize how pitiful it is yeah. and you start using it as uh, that victim. We talked about this. I, yeah. To me, the most dangerous weapon of the enemy um, is that victim mentality yeah. when it comes to us as our, from our human nature. Um, victim mentality destroys people. Victim mentality not only destroys the person, it destroys the people that they're influencing because you, when you have someone in your life that's that's entertaining a victim mentality. You are forced to make a choice. You're either going to be a confronter or you become an enabler. And when you become an enabler, you are literally keeping that person in that position of pitiful. You're not giving them the opportunity to come to themselves and say, what have I been doing here? What am I doing here? I, mean, I want everybody to feel sorry for me. I expect everybody to do things for me. I expect everybody to, you know, I need to be the center of attraction to everyone. That's dangerous because that goes totally contrary to the path that Jesus laid yeah. out for us, like to greatness. The path to greatness is a tough road, but the greatness, how do we define the greatness? You say, how do we define pitiful? Pitiful is being in a state that I don't even realize I'm in, that is completely holding me back from fulfilling the plan that God has for my life. Okay, and that plan, when we, even, that, even that, when we say the plan that God has for my life, well, your definition of what a plan is for your life can be very different than mine. But 
if you're fulfilling what God's called you to do, that's greatness. If I'm fulfilling what God's called me to do, that's greatness. See, what we have the tendency to do is measure the plan of God through worldly eyes. And if the plan of God doesn't include you having a national uh, voice and a national accomplishing something that's great on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a very um, uh, like gigantic level that everybody knows what you've done, we think, well, if you don't attain to that, then it's not. No, greatness is when you attain the custom crafted plan, according like Ephesians two ten, okay, that we he created us so that he recreated us really so that we'd accomplish the good works that God yeah. had planned long ago for us. That's the great. That's going from yeah. pitiful to powerful, going from recognizing okay that way that I think is holding me back, uh, this relationship might be holding me back. This, uh, whatever, whatever it is, uh, it's more heart matters. It's more intentions of the heart, agendas of the heart that could be crippling us and keeping us, even though on the outside it looks very powerful, but on the inside it's crippling us because we never get a chance to come face to face with who we really are. That's the perfect example is that rich young ruler. Jesus is trying to get him to see himself in the mirror and go, yeah, buddy, you've got all the glitz and you got all the glamour, but you're missing out on opportunity because the way up is the way yeah. down. You know, you just said we don't get an opportunity to really know what's in our heart, to know who we are. And that just made me think of how this year a lot of people have just had to slow down in their lives because their their routine, what they normally do for, for a lot of people has just gotten completely interrupted. And so that's given a lot of people the opportunity, and even though like the word opportunity usually isn't associated with, with things like this, I, like most people wouldn't associate the word opportunity with, with what seems 20, like a setback. The year 2020, right. yeah. But it gives people the opportunity to do something with, that really a, a lot of us should do every day is just get quiet for like five or ten minutes. You know, the Bible says, and I think it's in Psalms or Proverbs, that, that God gives us he, the desires of our heart. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives, right. us, he gives us our desires, the desires that are in our hearts. But if we don't get quiet, how are we going to even know what's in our heart? How are we going to know what those desires are if we don't even know ourselves? Would you say that th this year has been the year that we've really had to get to know ourselves? And Absolutely. If there's anything that comes out. And that my prayer is that all we all the entire body of Christ comes out of this season with a, 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 a recognition becoming very cognizant of, wow, that's who I really am. Yeah. At least just now. Yeah. That's how I react to this challenge, that challenge, that setback. I mean, you talk about a year of change. It's been a tremendous year of change, a tremendous year of upheaval. Yeah. And that's not always bad. It's not always bad. Uh, I don't like stagnant. I don't like, I like, and I think God's created us that way. You know, we don't like anything that stagnates uh, because it starts to produce death. It starts to produce just stench. And and yeah. sometimes we just get so set in our ways. And, uh, you know, it, it, this whole thing about pitiful and powerful is just like, man, has it, it been speaking so loudly to us because so many people thought they were powerful. So many of us, are, even if you measure from the outside, um, powerful, what seemed to be powerful. I mean, we've seen major international ministries grind to a halt and just 
Every, all of a sudden, everybody's reduced to just being online, just like the little 50-member church and the 10,000-member church is having to do the same thing that the 50-member church. But even bringing it on a more personal level, um, a lot of people got shaken. A lot of Christians, I believe, got shaken in their faith. And I, I think um, times like this, we need once in a while, okay? Because you, it gives you a chance to look back and go, wow, in years gone by, I, ha I, I had faith. And then I attained a position of powerful. I got, I got what I believed for. But the danger comes when you settle there. When you settle there. We talked about this before. Paul talks about learning to be content. But he was never satisfied. I like that. I like that. He goes, I know what it's like to be a base. I know what it's like to abound. Of course, abounding is much better. Yeah. But he's like, Paul's saying, my, my life is not tied to what's on the outside. Yeah. My life is tied to, am I fulfilling what God, the mission that God placed on his yeah. life? You know what? And we, I think every Christian needs to get to that place where they, they see everything in their lives, that all the ambitions, that every opportunity... We shouldn't see our entire lives through the lens of the gospel. Mm. We're, we're in a race. Paul talked about the race. He, he mentions yeah. a number of times yeah. in his race when, um, in his letters to the Corinthians and when he's uh, in, in Acts, when he's leaving uh, his church leaders right. and he's, he's going into tough times right. that the Lord is leading him into. And he's telling, he's telling him, look, I'm going into some tribulations as I'm leaving you guys, but it, my life doesn't really mean anything unless, it's not, unless, unless, unless I'm running, I'm, unless it's spent running my race. Right. And, unless I'm, unless I finish yeah. the course that God set before yeah, me. So and my life's worth nothing. My, my life, your life, our entire race that we're running, we're in a race. As soon as you get born again, you get to the starting line and your entire yeah. race is just getting other people to the starting line. Right. 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 That's a good way to put it. That, Absolutely. That's the, and so that's the lens that I want Absolutely. to see my life. That's the lens I think we need to see our entire lives. But once you get to the point now, and I think many people are at this point right now, and you know, we talked about doing this six months ago. Yeah. Having this conversation. I'm glad we waited till now. Yeah. Because I, I think what's what what's happening now is um Christians are coming to the point of realizing, wow, I thought I was in faith. But now I'm starting to see where my faith needs to be. Yeah. And and so there's this this rallying, there's this regathering. You can just sense it, this momentum. Now, let's be honest, there are some people that unfortunately have gotten sifted. Just and hopefully, you know, they yeah, come hopefully. back around at some point. But then there's a whole there's a there's a new momentum of people, new people that are coming into the body of Christ, come being born again through this pandemic, through the turmoil, through the atmosphere of fear, you know, they're realizing I can't live like this. I, yeah. I need, I need, I need something. That's what people say. But we know what this something. It's really someone, not something. Yeah. And so you see this momentum now. And so what ends, what has to happen at this point is the Isaiah forty three thing. I can't drag now that I've identified what's pitiful in the way I think, in the way I conduct myself, and the way I see God, the way my relationship is to other people. Yeah. Once I recognize that, I've got to go, okay, now I need a threshold experience. That has to be then. Yeah. This has to be now. 
Because God is saying, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Amen. And you can't, what we do is we try to taint, now we don't try to, but unfortunately we try to bring the remnants of what was pitiful because they're comfortable. Yeah. And we want to bring them into this new powerful. Yeah. You, you, it, can't, that, it can't happen. Yeah. In that message, um, when you introduce pitiful to powerful, one of the things that you brought up was that we tend to stay in what's wrong with us. We, 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 we want to put the emphasis on what's wrong with me. Like it's almost like a badge of honor. Like, oh, like, badge of honor that leads to the victim mentality that we talked yeah. about before. Lately, it seems like we place way too much emphasis on our limitations. It seems like we're obsessed with our brokenness. We brag about how wounded we are. And we pay little attention to the capacity we have on the inside of us by the Holy Spirit. And it's time for us to go from victims to victors. Like, I'm so screwed up in my head. And we like almost kind of brag about it. And, and we, we, we think we need to hold on to that I'm so screwed up in the head kind of thing. Um, and just focusing so much on what's wrong with me. And it's, it's, not, to, it's not like we're denying you don't, we don't want to deny that we have some things in our soul that we got to work out. Right. But, but, right, we're a new creation. I think it took me about five years of being a Christian. I, I, uh, I came to Christ in 2015. It took me uh, until the beginning of this year to really comprehend, to, to really grasp a scripture that I read a lot of times, but didn't grasp it, the reality of it until recently. The, in, um, in 2 Timothy, where, where, where Paul writes, we've been given a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. And that we have this, this new nature and that we, we live from that. Right. So, so we can't so, bring the old right. into that. And, and you've, you've, uh, and neither can we allow that to justify our inaction. Right. You know, we, and we have, so we have everything, everything that God's ever going to do for us. He's already done for, he's already given us. You, you've read it so many times. Uh, in service, that the the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. So we we already have right. Yeah, you know, His love, we have His nature. Right. Yeah, it, it's really a matter of us drawing right. it out. So, right. well, one of the things that he talked about in that message was the bitterness that a lot of people have in, in, from the previous year, and that they want to bring that. They, they think they need to hold on to it. Well, there's one 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 person in the Bible that held on to that bitterness for 38 years. The man at the at the pool. You talk about Bethesda. a badge of honor. Yeah, so in, in the Gospel of John, Pastor Joe and I were just talking about this before we started recording. Uh, the, there's a man at, at, this, at this pool. Uh, it was called the, the Pool of Bethesda. And uh, these sick and, and these lame, crippled people were, uh, were always by this pool. And the tradition was that you know, they were waiting for an angel to come and stir up the water. And, then, and so whoever... First one in the water. Yeah, and the, fir the first person who went into the water after the angel stirred up the water that's the purpose they get healed and so jesus comes to this pool and he comes to this man who is crippled and he asks the crippled man what do you want me to do for you and the guy doesn't even answer the question directly he just goes into his pitiful he, he goes into a stop story. He goes I've into, been, a, he goes into yeah. a, obviously a skit that he has rehearsed yeah. for years and years and years like, what do you expect from He's me? like, I've been, years. I've been sitting here for 38 years, and you know, every, every time I get the chance and somebody else gets ahead of me, basically what he says, he, he doesn't even answer Jesus' question. He just, he just starts uh, sputting out the, the pitiful. 
and then and so when you read this like this doesn't seem like it's a relatable story because it's talking about like all this supernatural stuff well, and, tradition we don't even know if it's right true. yeah it's and, but then you realize oh my gosh i've i've met people like this all the time i've been one of those people who don't even want to get into the solution, who don't even want to get into the powerful. Right. And, and when the solution is offered to you, you don't even recognize don't it because that bitterness of heart, mm-hmm. that victim mentality, that badge of you don't know how bad I have it, you think you got it bad, I got it much worse than you, you don't know what happened to me when I was a kid and when I was a teenager and blah, 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 this other stuff. And you're like, be quiet. The solution is being offered to you. He had the solution right in front of him. Yeah. Yet what was the first thing that popped up out of his heart? I've been laying here all these years, and every time the water gets stirred, somebody else gets in before me. Poor me, poor me, poor, poor me. me. And yet Jesus, the solution to his problem, yeah. is standing right in front of it. I've seen this happen so many times throughout life. It's just that that pitiful becomes so comfortable that you're you're so used to it. You've learned how to tolerate it. And then there's that side of human nature that can be manipulative, now you've learned how to use it to get what you want out of people. Yeah. You learn how to use it to, for everybody to feel sorry for you. And so that they'll do everything for you rather than you. And we all have to be aware of that. You can't bring that into your powerful. Behold, I do a new thing. Won't you see it? The scripture says. Yeah. You know, you know he couldn't see it. You catch that? He couldn't see, see it. it. That man at the pool of Bethesda couldn't see it because he was so used to his pitiful that he never even caught a vision anymore of what it was going to be like to walk. Wow. That's good. And so Jesus shows up and behold, I'm doing a new thing in you. Yeah. Yeah, it's been 38 years. I understand it's been 38 years, but I'm here now. So we need to have a vision of God doing something new in our lives. When he said to that man, what do you want me to do for you? What he was trying to do was get the mirror. Like, get the mirror. Look at you. Yeah. Do you realize your situation? Do you realize how pitiful this is? Wow. Do you realize that every day you've been brought here, laid at this thing here, and all you've done is wallow in your own bitterness? I'm here now. We can't bring our pitiful into our powerful. Yeah, there's plenty of people that are probably watching right now that have had major traumatic things happen to them in years gone by. Maybe as a child. Maybe abuse. Either verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, whatever. Okay, it... You can't let that keep hurting you by just continually yeah. just just staying in that position. And, and, and honestly, this can almost sound like you're, you just, you're not compassionate. No, no. It, the compassion manifests and it's done. Yeah. Okay, let him heal you now. Let him pick you up. No, don't get dragged into this. It's not about the, denying what happened. It's not about denying what happened. It's about denying it the ability to continue yes. to bring pain to you. Yeah. And, and that... that, that the pitiful, once it's recognized, has to be has to be recognized, put into its category, and and put off to the side. So now that you can explore the path, what's going, what what's the path to powerful? And the path to powerful is you just throw yourself into Jesus. Yeah. You just throw yourself into a relationship with the Holy Spirit, so that He can work the things out. Yeah. There's things in all of us that still have to be tweaked. Sometimes you come to a season of life where it's a major thing, like oh, oh my God, I didn't realize. I've been entertaining this kind of mindset. I didn't realize that I was treating people this way. I didn't realize whatever, whatever it is, uh, some, even in a practical sense. I'm sure some people have to tighten up their finances. And realize, what, what have I been doing all these years? I've been wasting money here, wasting money there, wasting money there. But then when things tighten up and you have no choice, now you've got to realize, hey, I have got to, in a very practical sense, change the way I deal with my finances. I've got to change the way. I mean, look at... 
People got forced to be home, couples working from home. Do you realize what kind of a slew of divorces and, and separations and things that, that have gotten triggered? Yeah. Because when a couple, you're working, she's working, you don't really have that much time together. Now you're forced to work in the same house. And the things that you ignored, the issues that went unresolved for years, all of a sudden now you're face to face. You, you realize you know, that the foundation of that relationship you realize that the fa- exactly it was pitiful. Yeah. And even a relationship. But you, can, but you can build it back. Of course you can. That the whole the whole idea of God pointing out something is not to point it out to tell you it's hopeless. Right. It's to point out to tell you you've got hope, but you've got to work yeah. on these things. Yeah, and you know before we, we run out of time because I don't I don't, I completely lost count of how how long we've been talking. Um, so you know to summarize you know the, the pitiful when we talk about what is pitiful what is powerful the pitiful is basically just focusing on self. Absolutely. And and focus you know what's just just my soul and you know our soul's purpose is, is completely contrary to the purpose of god to, pur- to the purpose that, that our spirit is yeah. connected to yes yeah. pitiful is is focused on self powerful is focused on jesus and you talked about in in that message um at the at the end of last year when we in- when you introduced pitiful right. to powerful you talked about how uh the the transition from going from pitiful to powerful is going to require more than just knowing the word. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. But yep. knowing the spirit, having a relationship Definitely. with the Holy Spirit. The word is supposed to lead us to the spirit. In the days ahead, us just knowing the word is not going to be enough. It's going to take the word and the spirit working together. You're going to need to know the word, but you're also going to need to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. Nobody gets born again yeah. without the power of the word. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the word leads us to Christ. We get born again. But then Jesus wants to lead us to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because salvation prepares us for heaven. But the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit prepares us and equips us for life on earth. Because life on earth is difficult. We just look at the season we've gone through. Life on earth is extremely difficult. Yeah. Okay, why? Because most of the system, world system is completely contrary to the kingdom of God. So how are we going to thrive in this kind of a system that is by nature contrary to the, to the kingdom of God if we do not have the Holy Spirit very active in our lives, if yeah. we're not allowing him to be active in our lives, which will take us from pitiful to powerful? Yeah, and, and you, you know, that, that makes me think of uh, the scripture in 2 Corinthians 3, that, that we go from glory to glory. Absolutely. But like you mentioned before, when we were talking about this, you mentioned about that Berean translation. Yeah. We're talking about the intensifying, glory. intensifying glory. glory. In fact, if I could read it here, and we, it's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, 18, actually 18. Uh, in the Berean translation, Berean study Bible, it says it this way. And we who with unveiled faces, see, when, when you have a veil, you don't realize you how pitiful see. you are. Yeah. You, you don't have a vision of you God don't have doing a vision, anything new. Right. So we who with unveiled faces all reflect, that's what we're supposed to be doing, reflect the glory of the Lord are being transformed into his image with intensifying glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So if, if I'm not pursuing a very intimate, very active, very personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, I'm not experiencing transformation. No. And then I have to submit myself to his intensifying yeah. glory. Because many of us are like, experience a little bit of glory. We come to church, we experience a little bit of glory during the service, and we go, wow, this is awesome, this is good. No, that's good. Yeah. And then Monday to Saturday, it's just gone. It's gone. 
And so, or, or even if we hold on to it, we're like, okay, I like this. I want to stay here. No, 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 no. We're supposed to be submitting ourselves to intensifying glory. It's, it's going from one intensity to another intensity as by the Spirit of the Lord because he's initiating it. Yeah. But if we get content with the little bit of glory that we experience, then we stop. We, we stagnate. And we're like, yeah, this is awesome. We're good. Uh, this felt good. Didn't this feel good? Didn't, this, yeah. didn't the worship feel good? Yeah, it feels good, but it's not supposed to be what we're content with. No. We need to be going on from glory to glory. Transform. Amen. Because your previous glory can become your pitiful if you're not allowing him to bring you to the next level of glory. Amen. That's good. La- you know, last year, and you said it, last year's anointing is, is not going to cut it. It's not going to cut this it. Year. Absolutely. Oh, we definitely found that out. The, the anointing, 2019 anointing, doesn't cut it in 2020. No. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I could say the same thing for 2021. Yeah. And um, I just, for 2021, not to already be thinking about that, what I keep getting is it, it, just, it just seems like 2021 is like Jericho. And right now we're, we're just walking around. Um, when we have to just trust God and we have to raise our voices. Absolutely. The church, the church has to rally. Yeah. The church has to, has to dig in from the inside and pull up everything that God's deposited on us because there's a shout that the world needs to hear. Yeah. And it is a shout that takes the walls down. Yes. But on the inside of that wall, there's people that are waiting to be rescued. Mm Mm-hmm. On the inside of that wall, there are people that are desperate. On the inside yeah. of the wall, we know. That's, we, we that's all our know. promised land. The promised land is people, by the way. The promised land isn't just what job I'm going to have, where, what whatever. whatever what, yeah, yeah. It, the promised land for us in the New Testament is people. That's the our people harvest. Are gonna, yeah. yeah, There's a harvest on the other side of that wall. We know that there's people that are still afraid to come out of their homes. Yeah. And this has been seven, eight months. Still afraid to come out of their homes. And I'm not, I'm not proposing that people should become reckless. But there's got to be a spirit of faith that develops on the inside. Yeah. Okay, it's not healthy for people to be isolated that way. And so, yeah, 2021 is the church going to rescue and, 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 and the ones that are stuck behind the walls. Amen. So Seems like a good note to end on. Amen. And um, yeah, thank you for tuning in tonight. And uh, we pray that this bless you. We pray that what we share tonight encourage you. And uh, we pray that you would take that time to have that that relationship with the Holy Spirit, that deeper, Amen. that going deeper with God so that he can take you from pitiful to powerful or from powerful to even more powerful. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.